Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Lincoln's Musical Podcast. I have with me um, my favorite guest slash hostage, um, my brother Stanley Turner. Say hello to the friends. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm glad to be back. Um, thank you, man. I, I was just telling Stanley, whenever you're on the podcast, it, everyone seems to have a great time. Um, we've always had fun talking about movie musicals. I'm going to do the intro in a second, but I remember the last time we were here, we had um, a lot of fun. You actually said your, your we, that Hairspray the Movie was your favorite movie musical you've seen. Yeah it's, um, yeah, it's up there, yeah. And I think it'll be kind of fun to see where this one holds. But before we do that, I want to give a little intro. If this is your first time listening, welcome. This is Lincoln's Musical Podcast, where I break down, review, and nerd out about all things musicals. Um... Whether it's on stage originally, whether it's a movie musical, whether it's an episode of, te- of a television series that's a musical episode. If it is recently, we've started introducing special episodes onto the platform. Um, if, if you want, check out the first two special episodes um, because they're a lot of fun. And um, the second one, warning, is a little rant heavy, but it's okay. Um, but all that to say, please, um, if you like musicals, take a seat. You'll have something to enjoy on this podcast. So... Today's episode, we are back to reviewing musicals, and the next musical we were, movie musical we're reviewing today is The Wiz, and you're probably wondering why my brother here, brother's here if you're the first-time listener. If you aren't, then you know that Stanley here is a filmmaker extraordinaire. He's wonderful at what he does. No, he says it's I say this every time. And I always shut him down because it's ridiculous. He actually is a great filmmaker. He's been, his stuff has been witnessed by other accredited filmmakers, so he's a filmmaker. Also, I want to give a plug to him. Check out his YouTube channel, Stanley Turner, his first, one of his... Amazing films that I'm in, Catfish, is on YouTube. Please go check it out. It's um, five minutes. Um, it's a wonderful piece. Um, we made it in 24 hours, and it's just a testament to his directing abilities. So please go check it out. It's wonderful. Um, but yeah, like I said, today we are discussing the Wiz movie, um, which was based on the musical, which was on Broadway. So that's why my brother is here to talk about it with me. And um, without further ado, let's get into it. You ready? Yeah, yo, why is this thing P? Why is this thing G rated? Yeah, it's G rated. We, we, we're going to talk about that, but it's G rated. So before we go in, it was writ. It was this film was made in nineteen seventy eight. So so clearly they had different ideas of what G ratings were back then. And I'm going to go ahead and give a little summary. Um, fun fact: If you want to see, uh, we actually, my mother and I did an episode on the musical of The Wiz a few. A, month, a few episodes back ago, I think episode 15, if I'm not mistaken, but go ahead and check that one out. It's a lot of fun. Um, but here's here it is, because the, the, the movie's a little different than the musical, I will say that. When Harlem school teacher Dorothy tries to save her dog from a storm, she's miraculously whisked away to an urban fantasy land called Oz. After accidentally killing the Wicked Witch of the East upon her arrival, Dorothy is told about the Wiz, played by Richard Pryor, a wizard who can help her get back to Manhattan. As Dorothy goes in search of the Wiz, she's joined by the Scarecrow, played by Michael Jackson, the Tin Man, played by Nipsey, Nipsey Russell, and the Cowardly Lion, played by Ted Ross. The release date was October 24th, 1978, and the director was Sidney Lumet, and the budget was $24 million. Um, I don't know why I put that last detail in, but it's actually that's... pretty cheap for the sort of stuff they turn... Or maybe that was expensive then. I don't, I don't know, but that seems, that seems pretty cheap for the, for the big times. set pieces and... All that stuff that they turned out. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That seems really cheap. So, um, we were saying, um, Celia, I said Harlem because we were actually trying to 
what we were wondering what where in New York Dorothy was from. Um, so that was pretty cool to see that she's from Harlem. And um, as you could get the, the the summary was accurate that Oz is very urban in yeah. this um, production yeah. of the film. What fun fact um, in the show, if y'all don't know, the Dorothy is actually still from Kansas in the musical, and Oz is just while there is while the um, the lines of the show is very much um, written. Um, in a certain style, like very much. So it's not still the Wizard of Oz, but just with black people. Yes, yes. Like Whereas this, this one is like it's in a completely different setting. Yes, the Wiz. This one was more, yeah, in a more you know. It's probably because it costs more. It costs less to shoot to create that yeah, in that style. Exactly. I think you're probably right they on probably that. Have easier access to just Harlem buildings than they do like than going forest creating landscapes. forests and and because. In the Lions case, which we'll review, we they did allude to him being from a forest yeah. and being exiled to a public library's place. Mm-hmm. So there was mentions of that, and the Tin Man was originally was in fact a carnival thing at mm-hmm. some point. The only thing that will does not make sense is the Scarecrow being in the middle of what can only be yeah. a bunch of demolished buildings. Yeah, it's like it's where like a field in the middle of like I don't know, like a foreclosed apartment center. Like a part, like a blocks of apartments. Like there were like there was like it was a vast like, open space and like two buildings, and one of them happened to have corn stalks in a pole. Um, it almost looked like someone planted a cornfield in the projects, and that was just like <laughs> that I was mean, just where the scarecrow came from in this version. Honestly. Okay, um, but yeah, 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 yeah. So as you can hear from what we're saying, the movie did take several liberties away from the original source, from the musical that is, um, and I think Sailor's Ride probably was from budgetary, for budgetary, and it, it might have been a creative reason as well, who knows. Yeah. Um, and before we go into the formal review, um, is there anything else you wanted to address before we go into the, the real review of it, or I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was outstanding to you. Before we go into the review of it, um, not really. I mean, this is a it's a classic. So I, I mean, I'm sure once we dive in, there'll be more to talk about. But like, I it's hard to like bring like a summarized fresh opinion to it when I've already like it, it's been sitting in my mind for like years. Uh huh. I since I was like really little. Of course. And speaking of let's before we review, I want to kind of talk about our. Because, like, we talk, I talked about how I got introduced to the musical, but I kind of just wanted to talk about how we came to the movie, because the movie was actually our point of reference before we saw the musical. Um, so, the movie, like I said, The Wizard of Oz, for those of y'all who don't know, I've been on this episode, I've said in previous Oz-related episodes, like Wicked and The Wiz, the first Wiz episode, that the that Wizard of Oz was, like, a very important childhood story to me, um, and it kind of, you know, it was, and part of my journey of becoming obsessed with the Wizard of Oz more and more was the Wiz. Um, and I think when I first saw the movie, um, seeing Michael Jackson as the Scarecrow and just, you know, I remember, I think the Wiz was the first movie I had ever like cried while watching when I was very, very little. It was during the ending scene, yeah, wherein Diana Ross's Dorothy sang "Home." I'm gonna get into that, but I think you know why. Um, <laughs> yeah, I that one's a hard one. The, 
to watch. Mm-hmm. And we're, yeah, but I think that so the movie we saw the movie when we were little, and then I think we rewatched it a couple of times, like a lot of times I should say. Really, we I remember we would be driving long places like out to the lake to lake parties, and we would bring our DVD player in the car and we'd watch it. Yeah. Um, and then there were times where we just watch it with our family, sometimes without. Now that I'm thinking of this, uh, it I realize how much this movie offers just in a, in a single watch. Okay. Like it has everything. There well, are moments where like it's like nice and it's friendly and it's. Like that's like a family thing. Mm-hmm. Um, moments that are good for the kids. Moments that are like feel like a Motown show. Mm. There, there are, I think you're right. There actually, there are moments that that as a kid scared the crap out of me, and there are also moments like you just said at the very end, where it's like wow, and no Oscars were given out for this again. That's actually pretty dumb when I think now that I think about like it. Literally was it, we're gonna talk about this more in the review. But Sam, do you want to <laughs> talk about? Your story was pretty similar to finding the Wiz, but um, kind of what it, what did it mean to you when you were first watching it? What did it did you know it was something special when you first watched it? Like when did it kind of hit dawn on you how like important it was? You know, what it, what it, what would you say? Um, so yeah, as Lincoln said, like he was very very and um. Yeah, I can go ahead and say it again. He was very, very... You want to very, add a couple more varies in there? If this goes on for just another hour of me saying very, it's for a good reason. I It's understandable, guys. He it's, was very obsessed with The Wizard of Oz and all stories relating to it. So I grew up... How many times did you play Toto? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know how many times this dude would like want to play Wizard of Oz around the house? Some and, people played basketball. And, Some people threw the ball around with their brothers no, no, no. What, in this house, we played the Wizard of Oz. And what was my job? Dressing up as a freaking dog. I um, I offered you every chance to play someone so else. It was either that or like play the the freaking um, scarecrow, which was somehow worse than not being able to say words. But um, okay. Okay, whatever. Mo- moving on. Whatever. Lincoln was obsessed <laughs> with Wizard of Oz, and so that his enthusiasm for that probably it played like a big role in, like, me being exposed to it, and I'll be honest, I, like, the books themselves never jumped out to me too much, but when I, like, saw stories like that take to the screen, especially in The Wiz, um, that, it was, like, the way that they shot it, it felt like a stage play in its shooting, I guess that's, it's kind of like what I said about Hairspray, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was another one of those movies, though, where it felt like at times, they could have just been a stage play. Especially the dialogue. Yeah, exactly. Di- like, there were several, like, monologue-type deals in there. Mm-hmm. Especially with the, when you think of the lion. I think you saw that with the lion a lot. Yeah, um, exactly. <clears throat> I, yeah, I think you saw some with Dorothy, too. But definitely with the lion, I think. I, I noticed that, too. Um, yeah, so I'd say just um, what it brought to me was, like... Um, I don't know, like, um, the distinction between, um, stage plays, musicals, and how they can come together to be, like, something greater than the sum of its parts, you know? Mm-hmm. This I was, agree. like, probably one of my first experiences with something like that. I, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, awesome. I think that's really great. So we're going to go into the review, um, but first I want to kind of talk about, and I think we'll talk about this in the review, but... We saw The Wiz, I believe, before we saw The Wizard of Oz, if I'm not like mistaken. as a movie? Yeah, as a movie. We saw The Wiz first, right? 
Uh, Fake, we I did. Yeah, maybe. I just, I remember um, mom oh, no, buying. It's kind of like a blur, like those two kind I just, of. I remember mom movies. buying the Wiz first for some reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm going crazy. I, I would not put it past her, though. Yeah. I feel like she would have shown us the Wiz first. Yeah. But whatever, whatever. Um, so, like I said, like Sally and I have said, that's kind of our journey. So now we're going to go into the review of it. So, personally, after watching, we've watched it many, many a time. So, watching it today. I think... What do you think? It holds up. You think it holds up? Like, you think I, it's a hold I, up? At this point, I don't think there's anything that's going to change my opinion on this movie. It's it's good. Is it, it's is so it at a point... Good. Yeah, I think I think that there... It, it's kind of the opposite of The Descendants 2. Yeah. That in... We've watched it enough times that where... Every, I feel like we were saying... That, we were saying things that we had said before. Yeah. I think... And that's when you know a movie... Is kind of finalized. Yeah, you know, there are moments where like you can like get fatigued from watching something over and over again. I don't think I ever wore the whiz out really because the, I I always kept coming back to it. I didn't watch it like back to back to back. It wasn't that sort of a movie to me because yeah. it was too big to do that. You know, mm-hmm. I, to get emotionally invested in the whiz to the I could not. I didn't have enough emotional bandwidth even then as a child yeah. to rewatch the whiz over and over again like back to back. You know, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's not like um, this movie's perfect. Like there are definitely flaws, and we're gonna discuss them. And I, I I I see them today. I probably just chose to ignore them when I was little, but the, yeah, there are flaws to this movie. Um, but I don't care. I like are I, the flaw? Do you I mean? Truly do you mean that? Care. Is it because you're so the shows the stories the film so near and dear to you that you don't care, or is it? Or is it that the flaws don't take you out of the experience? A lot of the flaws that I see are visual. The heart is always there in this movie. All right. There's there's no point in this movie where, even though it might not look the way I would think I'd want it to, it the heart the heart is always there. Okay. It might not look or sound the way I want at sometimes, but there's no point where like the the story and the characters interact in a way that I don't connect with and let's talk about the acting for a minute Dude. i mean we're gonna get into the acting again Dude, but like diana ross is crazy why didn't what has she been in anything else, i like, don't i don't know let's see i'm 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 curious same with um i want to talk about michael jackson no, I in a second watch but, all of those things if she has. okay so she has done i don't so there so her other stuff it seems like it's all other music related stuff. Apparently, she was in the Land Before Time, an animated dinosaur movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah a lot it seems of this... like a lot of these are just musical relate, like, like live concert looking things. Yeah. It doesn't seem which like she is was fine, in... but like, I think that if she brought this in the performance she brought to this movie, and she should have been doing some more she acting. Could have taken home some some like crazy, crazy like numbers of Oscars. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. I completely agree there. Um, but yeah, I think another really standout performance in this is Michael Jackson's Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there was... Clyde? <laughs> yes. Dude, the Scarecrow. what was that about? I don't they know. They named him Clyde. I think that's kind of a call, something on the writer's part, I guess. It was something that, I don't know, they just felt like... I'm sorry, that sounded really weird if you don't know what we're talking about. Watch the movie, by the way. Basically, <laughs> Watch in the, the movie, movie, you know, in the, the scarecrow's hanging up on the pole, and for whatever reason, the crows just say, like, you got it, Clyde. No, they use Clyde several times. Besides Clyde. Yeah, they it's, keep... so, it's so, so weird, because, like, 
nobody ever addresses that again, but, like, apparently his name is Clyde. I think we kept noticing, in the because we were little, we never pointed that out, but this time we were like, wait, hold on, hold on. Why do they keep saying that? Why do they keep doing that? And so, you know, and I, hey, here's the reason why I never got brought up again, because first of all, the scarecrow's like, hey, what's your name? And she said, my name is Dorothy, and my dog's name is Toto, and she never asked, what's your name? Oh, wow. She just said, my Screw name's Dorothy. You, Dorothy, and then and Scarecrow was like, Dorothy Dope. and Toto, what intelligent names. They have a little laugh, and then they will find the Yellow Brick Road. Well, now I Not know. once did she say, well, well, what's your opinion, name? Now my opinion has been changed. Screw you, Dorothy. That's mean. And another thing, another, I'll talk about other things, I, and this is just a little nitpick, but I think you're going to get it. Why does Dorothy cry so much? Bro, it's... In this story, she is a 24-year-old teacher. It would have made more sense if she was a young child. It feels like she cries more than the kindergartner she teaches. Yes. It's it's a little bit weird. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But uh, yeah, that's another bone we have to pick. Because, fun fact, a big staple of this movie, I think, is is Diana Ross crying crying and or screaming at every little thing that she sees. There's no real nuance in between it. She is either, and I think this is the same for all the four characters, they are either really, really happy, or really, 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 really sad or scared. It's so, because honestly, those are the two, her, her reactions the two are so, like, unwarranted for the stuff that happens to, like, someone will just, like, I don't know, kick a pebble and she'll be like, oh, no! And then <laughs> she'll, like, scream at the top of her lungs. And then, at the same time, someone will, like, Attempt, say, attempt suicide or like say oh you killed that fool oh we're and, gonna talk about that in a second but. and she'll be like oh that's that's nice and she's just completely silent and the way that the way that they split those up is kind of weird but like I said I don't care yeah it's yeah I think uh huh we're gonna I, get to that a lot we're like I'm gonna start talking about the flaws and, and then we're gonna be like, like I don't care and you're probably thinking, hey, but you didn't, the, the flaws didn't make you not care about the sentence too. Fun fact, at least the story was good in this one. And that's, so here's the thing. I think this is what we're trying to get at. A film can have flaws, but if you have a good story, sometimes all, Stella, so do you think, as a film, I'm going to ask you this as a filmmaker, I'm not going to say aspiring because you're a filmmaker. Do you think that if, like that, if you have a, a good enough story, you can like the uh, visual flaws can like yes, you can absolutely. overlook them. Absolutely. Um, the rule is that v- visual, like now that I think about it, with all the stuff I've heard, um, just from people that have given me advice and just books I've read, stuff like, you'll you can ask anyone who makes films. Visuals is actually pretty low on the list, which really? is weird to say. Interesting. Like, video is so low on the list of important things. Considering like, that it's um, literally like, all working with cameras. Yeah, That's interesting. Audience can forgive poor visuals if you have good audio. And to be completely honest, it's even easier to forgive bad audio than it is to forgive bad story. Really? Because if you don't have... like, why, why did the cameras ever start rolling if you didn't have a good story? That's... Oof. Yeah. That's, that's great. Like film is, I think film is wow. to tell a story. So you can. You, it's I, a great form this, of storytelling. This movie could have been shot on like, I don't know, like a camcorder from like someone's house. Mm-hmm. If it had kept 
the same script and the same acting and the same like at, like the way the way that they can shoot Diana Ross from fifty feet away and she still is like emoting like you're standing right next to her. It's that crazy. Sort of thing, that sort of thing. It does not get any better or worse with a thousand dollar camera. That's so true. Like it, it that's so true. And I think that's true for all art forms. Story and character are everything. Story and character are everything. I mean, that's... I think that's why musicals are so effective. Because at the end of the day, you're telling a story. You can reach a person in the front row just as well as you can... In, in the, the back nose, row. In like the nosebleeds, yeah. That is... Oh my gosh. So, I think we just... We just grab bro here. I think that's oh, it. Are we still talking about the whiz? I think we kind of went off subject there. But it, yeah. we, let's get back on topic. Okay. Um, but yeah, again, like Stanley said, there are some visual things, but ultimately the story still serves, um, really, really well. If you had to pick, I'm just curious, what's your favorite moment of, um, what would you say your favorite moment of the film is? I'm not, I'm not talking about, it it can be a musical number, it can be like just an interaction, it can be whatever. My favorite moment. Hmm, that's a good question. I'll be honest, it's probably either um, the final Mariah Carey, uh, sorry, not Mariah Carey, I'm sorry, um, Diana Ross, Stare Straight Into Your Soul for three minutes. It's, oh my god, it's, um, it's, it's either it's that, polarizing. or as, as I complain about it every time I see it, but it's probably still one of my favorites, it's um, Ease On Down the Road, and it's... Which <laughs> version is it? Which does it matter which no, version? No, it's to the you? first one. Oh, it's the first one. The Michael Jackson. Or it's this is Scarecrow and Dorothy. Michael Jackson okay. and Diana Ross skipping down the road, and the sh- it, it's basically just an unbroken shot of them skipping down and the, dancing like, with their on backs, a... like to us, to the audience, and yet, and the we're we're separate. The camera doesn't really move throughout the whole scene, so it's them getting further and further from the camera. But the way they just keep that energy up, it. it you, you might as well be right next yeah, to exactly. them. Yeah, exactly. You might as well... And I think there's... There is... But the chemistry between Diana Ross and Michael Jackson as Dorothy and the Scarecrow in this movie... Yeah. Is like a master class in chemistry... Of, like, friend, platonic chemistry between yeah. actors I'd and say, I'd say... I'd change my mind. I'd say that that... The ease on down the road is my favorite. You would? Like... I'd say that's my favorite, it, and it's because of that that like I don't get why in this one they don't be the they don't have Dorothy say I'll miss you most of all because it feels because, earned. Like, it feels so much more earned than in the Wizard of Oz. It just does. Yeah, I but, mean, y'all yeah, check out this movie. Movie. You'll see what we're talking about. But like Diana Ross and Michael Jackson came to play. They left no emotions on the line. Um, yeah. You know, they really, really came to play. And I think also in terms of. Um, fun performances. Ted Ross as a lion was a lot of was like a yeah, big it's ball fun of until it's not fun. Oh right, that yeah. there was a there's a moment warning for the ki- um honestly because I, I think as kids I'm kind of like we didn't notice it but like yeah. the last three I times didn't we watched it, it until like a couple years ago when we watched it for the first time in like a while and oh and I, boy. I was like we can talk about it later because I mean we could talk about it now. There is a straight up suicide attempt in this. The movie. lion does like, one of those. Is, does, he does no, one of those. He has one of those monologues, like no those that you see on the play, yeah. and he yells at the end of it. And I wish I was paraphrasing here. <laughs> oh, let me end it all yeah, and charges toward the roof. 
and then they and they've just got out of the poppy field or like, to, like I, I say the back. poppy field but it's not a poppy field it's just it's just you know whatever no, but, but it's I, like one of those cartoonish monologues where like it's he's the, like the, the, oh I couldn't say my friends like, I couldn't projecting very there's like, a lot of projection yes yeah it's like it's like one it of those of cart- cartoonishly dramatic monologues. Yes. And then out of nowhere, he just, he just says like, oh, I'm going to kill myself, and then charges to the edge of a roof. And they had to like drag him drag back. Drag him by his feet. Like, back. dude, dude, stop. And then they sang a song, and it was and it over. Was all, it was all better. It was all better. So it lasted. Amounts of mental illness awareness. <laughs> Sing songs and those <laughs> suicidal thoughts go away. Kids, uh, in, in reality, y'all, if you have mental ill, um, mental, like depression or anything like that, talk to someone. You're not alone. And that's that's just that, I had to get that little thing in there before we kept going. Or you can sing on a rooftop. But that you know, too. If you want, if that you, too. If you want to go seek help? That's cool as well. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, no. I will say that was quite. That was something. Again, this movie was G-rated. There's also also the wicked the wicked witch sequence is very very brutal, um, with Scarecrow literally getting chopped in half. The Tin Man, what what, what is this movie? The Tin Man got flattened, I think, like a flattened iron, and the lion got hung by his tail. Hang him by his tail. And okay, oh boy. Also, I kind of feel like we need. I think looking back, it's also fun. But there's a scene. In a subway, and I know what, and, and this, that scene was paying homage to the book, because the book has something called the Calidas, um, in the forest where they chase, you know, the, the, yeah. that's, that thing, that's what the subway scene was about. That was oh. them paying tribute to that. That's what that okay. was. Okay. And so, but, but not, I think I knew that then, but I noticed that now. But what is something to notice, back then that scene that's, terrified that subway me. Scene is scary. It's. It, I mean, not, I not was so much not it now. It seems really cartoonish now. But like, but like, like as as a little kid, that scene killed. Me. I was like, "What the heck is this? Yeah. Can we go back to see? I was like, "Can we go back to see? He's on down the road now, please." I was like, "What the heck?" Like I would. Um, watch the whole thing where the wires drop down. Oh, the ten minutes. No. And I would do like every time I was my back was too wall. I'd be like. Oh yeah, really? Yo, yo, no, I would be yo. like in my head like I would be jerking my head around and be like, don't, don't try it. Don't, 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 don't never do touch it. me. That never touch don't me. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, that's uh, but like you, like you can tell, there are so many memories from this movie that we have. Um, and before we go forward, I want to make a little note because I feel like there is this about the the message of the movie, the message of the movie. Yeah, which is it's. Because people say, you know, this is what I take issue with. Pe- I, it, people, I've heard people, like, the Wizard of Oz is like the black, the, the Wizard of the Black Wizard of Oz. I disagree. Yeah. I respectfully disagree. And here's why. Because I think the Wizard of Oz and the Wizard are two different stories. Yeah, facts. They are two different, completely different messages. Yeah, exactly. It is the same story. I should rephrase it. The it, same uses, story it uses the same story to tell different messages. Tell different, yeah. Exactly. So the idea with the Wizard of Oz is that there's no place like home. That's what the Wizard of Oz is. I don't think you, anyone will disagree with me on that. Am I wrong? It's, it's, Would you say that? They say there's no place. That's like literally that. the message. It's yes. Like the message. This is the a Wiz home can be anywhere as long as you know yeah. yourself, love yourself, and what if you know if you can know yourself and find love, if you can know and love yourself, 
and find people who love you and find a surrounding people who love you. That's home. Then, then you will always be home no matter where you are. Yeah. And while we were jokingly saying that that message is baloney, that is kind of powerful to hear, I yeah. think. This, um, they, they say a lot of stuff in this movie where it's like, oh, thanks, Oprah. And it's, it's like really, they say it in a really cheesy way where they're just like, if you believe in yourself, you can do anything. And it makes you just want to laugh at like, <laughs> that's stupid. Yeah. But then you, like, 20 minutes after the movie goes off, you're you just think, like... You think, oh, well, that's... Oh. That's kind of powerful, actually. Well, dang. That, like... Or even not 20 minutes... Like, when when the situation applies to your actual life, and you're just like... Exactly. Whoa! And it's like someone about to get ready to go to college, Harlem and... fairy tales apply to my life. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you yeah. know. Uh-huh. And so I think that... In that, that's what I want to say in that regard because I feel like for people who want to watch The Wiz and they're like, oh, is it like The Wizard of Oz? No. It's not. Just no Sur- going into it. Surface it's not level, yes. Surface level, yes. If you are someone who likes to watch things in depth, which I think a majority of my listeners do, it's not. Mm-hmm. You will definitely, and I think honestly, even not even surface level, you can just like, if you go, if you look, if you go in, like spend like a good five to ten minutes, you'll know you're not watching The Wizard of Oz, you know? Mm-hmm. I think every... It's not a subversion so much as, like, it's the, it's the same, like, pl- plot beats, mm-hmm. but it goes by telling the story very differently. I mean, you look at, like, um, the... Um, and we're going to talk about the Emerald City in a second, obviously, but, like, there's a whole eight-minute sequence during the Emerald City sequence that is just crazy. Which you've told me is your favorite, but we'll go into that. But like I said, Stanley, I think, and I will agree, it holds up as a film. Would you? How do you? Do you think it change? Where do you think it? Do you think it's a good movie musical? Trans. Uh, how do you think it transfers the musical musical to the to the screen? How do you do? You think it was successful in that attempt? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, I think it it does a great job. There are, there are aspects of it that I think could be different. Um, and um, as far as cinematography, actually, I'd say that Hairspray did it better. Okay. Cinematography-wise, I think that Hairspray hasn't beat. Um, but, oh, here we go again. I don't care. Yep. I don't care. It, it's, it's like, uh, every, now, every now and then I'll be like, yo, we've been on, like, this is like the fifth wide shot of the five shots in this scene. Can we please punch in on someone's face to see what they look like? But then, like, can like see the grand scale of the set pieces and all the great choreography. And I'm just like, oh, who cares? Eh, because at least at least they're filling that watch. I was something we want to see. Yeah, that's a visually appealing. It doesn't look like still or anything. It's like if you punched in, it would just be an enhancement of the motion you're already seeing. Yeah, it's, it's already pretty it's good. Crazy, yeah, would. Would you, I'm just, and this is me being, if you would, so if you were to do a lot, a re, like a remake of The Wiz, you know, with the cast of today, I, I kind of alluded to the key, to Keegan-Michael Key being The Wiz, mm-hmm. and how cool that would be, and I think we dreamcasted it where I said China Anne McLean would be Dorothy, I would pick her as Dorothy, let's go around, would, what would you do, in addition, like, I know you mentioned you wanted the wide shots, but anything else, like, would you approach anything a certain way? Would you add songs, or would you retract songs? What would you do? I was um, curious. Hmm. 
I, I'm sorry for putting you on the spot, but I was, I, I'm really, I love having your perspective on here when we talk about these things. No, like, I, I mean, like I said, I would, this movie has a lot of, I mean, it doesn't always hurt them, like, when there are moments, like I said, my favorite moment of the movie is Dorothy and the Scarecrow dancing in a wide shot, unbroken for like two minutes, mm-hmm. with their backs to the camera, that's like, that's my favorite moment, but it's not like they use that sparingly. Mm-hmm. So like ev- every musical number feels like we're like fifty yards away. I would like to punch in more and see some more. You would add. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would um, you keep? Would you keep the New York background, or would you make it more true to the musical than that? It was like you would keep all the kind of. Would you keep the the Harlem inspired thing? No, how would I, I you kinda, feel? I kind of dig that. You kind of dig I, it. I like. I like. Um, I was kind of curious to see. I if, like the fact that it's urban and in New York. I think that. A lot of the frames, especially in the beginning of the movie, were really dark. Mm-hmm. So, like, you couldn't really get the grand scale of what was happening. That is... So I do see what you mean by if that. If I were to change anything, I would punch in and brighten up the film a little bit more. Okay. But, like, but like that's it. Other than that, I think what would be cool, personally, for me, if I was uh, assisting you on this, I would actually have it start in a Kansas-like background mm-hmm. and then take it to Oz, where that's the urban part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I think it would increase the experience for me, personally. Yeah. Maybe that's me. But... Again, that's our review, guys. I would definitely recommend checking this movie out. Well, actually, I think, I think that this movie plays with the fact that Oz and Harlem aren't that different. Yeah, they both take place in a kind of an urban look. They area. do, they do. So, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to break up your transition there. No worries, but like, it, I think it's cool that it, I don't think it makes sense to go Kansas right Harlem, to that or Harlem, Kansas. I think it's cool that even though they switched it up from Kansas, they stayed in the lane because Oz, especially in The Wiz, not so much in The Wizard of Oz because it's like a fantasy land, but in The Wiz, Oz is more of an extension of the world that Dorothy already lives in rather than a completely and, different fantasy world. And that's good because it didn't have to be because the idea, the, the, the show, the movie quickly set up that Dorothy is very nervous yeah. and very uncomfortable with interactions in her own household. Yeah. So imagine going into this, so the idea, like... And it kind it, of furthers even more that home is wherever you are when you love yourself and you have people that love you because the, she was kind, basically in the same place twice and one of them she came to know as home. Exactly. And also you have to figure like she could barely even she was having trouble like interacting in her own space in New, in this New York version of Oz. Imagine if she had seen all these forests and like these it would have probably been like it broke her. Broke her. She's already like an emotional mess for a good quarter of this film. The idea that she hasn't been south of like what was the one hundred twenty fifth Street. Yeah. Imagine. If you dropped her in a forest, she would, like, lose her mind. She probably would have been, like, yeah, so I think you're right. I think you're actually dead on, Stanley. So, yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining the review. Um, We're going to go into the music part of it now, where we break it down there. But I want to recommend, Stanley, would you recommend this movie to your friends and see it? Yeah. I I know I would. Watch it. So check it out, y'all. Check out The Wiz. Um, It's not just the black version of The Wizard of Oz. It's definitely not that, as we just said. It's great. Watch it. Um, I'm trying to track it down. So it, you can apparently it's on Hulu. Yeah. You have to have a premium subscription for it though. You can also go find it on. Is it on Amazon Prime you, somewhere? You, can, you think you can rent or buy it on Amazon. You can. Yeah, you, you're still going to be able to find it on a DVD format. Yeah, if, um, I mean, I know right now it's kind of difficult to look if you're going out somewhere to try yeah. and buy something. But again, I think like you said, I said you can find it on Amazon most likely. Yeah. 
Um, same, like, if you want to find it on Hulu as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. So that there are some places where you can find it. Um, but now we're going to kind of go through the music. And what we do here, Stanley and I, we like to talk about how um, it was trans... What, I talk about the, the music's background in the movie, in, in the show, how they... And I also talk about how Quincy Jones took it. Um, made it different or it, or enhanced it or cha- made changes and then Sailor's going to talk about how he thought it looked on the film and how they shot it maybe and what he liked about it and maybe what he didn't like but again he's already been able to tell he's liked it but we'll just see what we think and see, it, and he goes I saw this version first before I had ever seen the musical okay so I this is my point of reference for how the music is supposed to sound. Okay. Like I, and the only stage I play s- kind of version I've seen of it was the live version that came on NBC. Oh, wait. but Wait, were you not with us when we saw the Dallas Theater version? Oh, yeah. No, no, you no, saw no, that, no, but no, no, again, yes, that was yes, so long ago you probably don't remember yeah. that, so it's fine. But, um, um, I, don't, I don't know. So, something about this one. This, this, this is your... I read this and it's classic. Like, when you think of The Wiz, this is what you think of. Yeah. I get that. I get like, that. If someone put a spin on this... I know this is a spin on something else, but I don't see this being spun. Up. Right, 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 right. I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, okay, so the first one I have on here, well, I don't have the overture on here, interestingly, but the first one we have here is the, uh, we'll talk about like the kind of the intro to it, like the um, where we we're kind of getting set up the whole family event mm-hmm. um, before we go into the feeling we once had. Um, you know, the intro to that, where everyone thinks getting set up, like the cooking and the, and the game of it chess. It is the most family reunion looking thing ever. As someone who has been to those, and, and I was kind of thinking like, we had Thanksgiving yesterday, and I had actually, there was a technological issue, so I had to record the prom episode yesterday, I was planning to do it on, on Wednesday, so we could do this one on Thursday, because it just felt <clears throat> so family reunion so Thanksgiving, like... And I think the the snow, the fact that it was snowing outside didn't help. Yeah. Didn't hurt it, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was very. How did you feel about the setting up of that and kind of getting the feel of Dorothy? I think it very sort of the Dorothy felt out of place really yeah, to well. To be completely honest, I felt kind of out of place in that sequence. Oh like, really? It, they just kind of throw you in. Like it, it feels as when I say it felt like a family reunion type thing. I mean that in both a good and a bad way. Okay. Because it felt like you kind of just showed up. Um, five new people just walked through the door. They're all saying hi, and you haven't seen them since you were three years old. You don't know what their names are. That it's is so, so true. It's so incredibly Yes. Awkward. Everyone's screaming at each other because someone's forced to move the checkers board, and they're in the middle of a game. And you just feel like you just got thrown into this really hectic planning of a dinner as actively yeah. the planning and dinner that's actively happening so uh, it's, it's and that's just, how a lot of these events go you so know? as much like as I they, like the song itself this whole sequence is kind of weird feeling I mean you get it, it, they really do show you like they we literally see someone having a two people having a makeout session and, like, when the, the gr- dinner started and grandma walks in and it's just like shut up and get out and get eat. over here and eat yeah. and then they clap as they like yeah. it's like, like that oh sort my of thing god is really awkward Mm-hmm. Like, they have a new baby there. They have... Just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have... We had Can I Go On. And that sh- song is not... So, so let me go in... First, the thing that we have... In the musical version, just so people know, this... The version they have here is... Just, it's kind of sung from Aunt M to Dorothy. It's kind of like... Because Dorothy's I mean, that, like... That would have felt a lot more personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happens is Dor- Dorothy kind of feels out of place on the farm. She's like, 
she has been goofing off all day, and Anthem's kind of. She says like, "I wish I. It probably would be easier for you if I just blew away." Mm-hmm. And Anthem kind of has to comfort her in a way. Mm-hmm. This version, and and there is kind of like a moment between them where like she looks at him and is like, "You're gonna be grown. You yeah. need to grow." Like she, you will be. She is grown. She's twenty four years old. 24. Ugh, okay. Um, this next song is not in the show. It's called "Can I Go On." That kind of introduces Dorothy's arc. Uh-huh. This idea of her not knowing what's inside of her, she yeah, actually says the lyrics. Quincy's ability to. She says, "Don't don't know what I'm made of. Why am I afraid of feeling?" Mm-hmm. So there's this idea of her being unwilling to open up to love, mm-hmm. even and so in a, it kind of it kind of puts into words what we've seen in the sh- in the mm-hmm. shots before it that she she is surrounded by a family event of love and togetherness, and yet she cannot open herself up. Yeah, and. So that, there's something interesting there. And before we go on, I want to say it's... Isn't it interesting? So the idea is that Dorothy was afraid of being a high school teacher, right? In yes. a way, her friendship with the Scarecrow team and Lana only opened her up to love, but it also helped her become a teacher. So you have Scarecrow, someone really intelligent, yeah. thinking that they're stupid. Mm-hmm. You have the Tin Man... I didn't think about that. Like, you have, so they kind of act like teenagers. You have the Tin Man as someone who has had, as we find out, four wives or... Like a very Casanova so j- type of jaded, unconfident, unconf. Yeah, yeah we have someone who doesn't know how to love prop, who thinks he doesn't know how to love, but really does care. Yeah, and then you have, of course, the lion who is over-dramatic. so overdramatic, afraid. He's that kid suicidal, but the um, <laughs> um. But yeah, so you kind of have so that in that way she was kind of becoming. We kind of saw her teacher roots that because she, and who and who was the one who eventually helped them figure out they had what they needed all along. Dorothy. That's right. Yes, Just yeah. noticed it. I think it's really cool that that's not the wiz the Wizard of Oz in this one. Like that that teaches him like the lessons. Thing. Yes, yes, because it ended up because it ended up now, yeah. because it ended up feeling like a long con. Yeah. But whatever. Um, <laughs> They weren't as, also the other reason why this is not the Wizard of Oz. They call out the wizard and they don't let up. Yeah, they the wizard doesn't talk them out of it. They, they kind of roast him until they, like he doesn't talk the way out of it. They just say like you stupid, you fool. Like, I've seen people like, shop for less. You're you're homeless. You're unemployed. And what? They, like roast him. Yeah, he's like absolutely a shell of a man. Yeah, well there wasn't much man there. Yeah. <laughs> That's so mean. Um, but yes, yeah, so then there's the he's the wizard. March of the Munchkins. So the tornado has happened. Um, before we go to the, the Munchkins land, tor- how did you feel about the tornado and all of that? That was, you know, the music for that and just, you know, like uh, do- the tornado being in Glinda's hand and then it blowing away. That it all was orchestrated. It kind of Glinda's made visuals us- here are kind of weird. You yeah, I I kind of wanted to get your take on that. So that's one weird thing. So in this. Iteration. Glinda is there kind of for the long haul. And another reason why it's not like uh, the Wizard of Oz, and we'll get into that, but because it's not, Glinda only comes in at the beginning and at the end. She is not in Munchkin Land. She isn't, that someone else is. But before we get into that, Glinda kind of is holding the tornado. So the idea is, but you're, but talk about the visuals right quick. I don't really get it. Like she's always this like angelic looking thing where she's like in a big headdress and all this fancy stuff. Um, and she's surrounded in space by floating babies. Who are also, also stars. Also headdresses. And they're supposed to symbolize stars. Which, 
I guess it's supposed to be like, oh, black children are stars, and this black woman is a is an angel and whatnot. But I don't get what it does in context to the Wiz. Like I've watched yeah. this movie so many times, and I still do you don't still not get it? I don't get it. Is it one of those things that you think you'll never get? Like I think it, I think it's like a social thing that doesn't really have to. Do. It's like a, it's, I don't want to call it fan service because that's not fan service. It's like it's something that should already be known, but like. It's like a social, um, it's social context. It, you, you have to know what's happening okay. like in the real world to get with. Like, I don't think that has so much to do with the story so much as it's like black women and children are like angels and good for the earth but, and shouldn't be treated like trash, which they are. And, and it kind of is juxtaposed against this world of darkness. I mean, there's not a lot of, there's like a, like a good portion of this movie is in the dark, like we, like yeah. you said, and so to have it, <clears throat> and so to have it, and even the most where it's bright, the colors are really brown and red, and there's this tinge of it. So to see that, you know, to see in the bright pure light, blue and that is interesting. I didn't think about that, but yeah. So the then we so like I said, he's the wizard happens, and Thelma Carpenter plays the character of Miss One. Who in the musical is named Ada Pearl, but um, and she sings and she and the Munchkins sing. He the, he's the Wiz, and so in this version, the Munchkins are apparently uh, a group of graffitiers, mm-hmm. if that's the right term, graffiti artists. We'll call them artists, yeah. and they and they um they have this whole big number. They have you know Miss One says a lot of number puns. Like like a lot a lot of number puns and then they had this big musical number. How did you feel about it being shot like that? Th- this is actually I think one of the more um, this is what this and this is what Quincy did for a lot of the numbers. He took the, what was already good and like plugged a bunch of like soul and Motown into it and like at the very kazoos. back end. And kazoos. Like, I can't stress enough how important the kazoos are to this new iteration of the song. Yeah, crucial. Actually, it's there's kazoos. There are kazoos. Yeah. Okay. So what did you think? But this is this this number is probably the prime example of what I mean. Of the camera is way too far. Okay. Like I get that we want to see the grand like spectacle of all these big set pieces and all the big number of extras and dancers doing all this fancy choreography, mm-hmm. but every once in a while you have to take us away from that and punch in to see people. Yeah. Which and I, I think, don't think I don't think this. Does maybe okay. it crunched for time, maybe it was a creative choice. I don't know what it was, but this is probably the most clear example I can give of. We are too far away from the characters in what should be a fun and happy, you know, get to know everyone scene. Yeah, of course, know? of course. Um, I feel because I feel like kind of the magic of these Munchkins is lost yeah. because it's too so far. Yeah. Um, also, the Munchkins are. I think are kind of an underrated part of the movie in that they the the ones who introduced Dorothy. Yeah, when you is so funny. No, I hate it's it. unintentionally funny. We talked but, about how um, this is not the black version of Wizard of Oz, but now I can since they use the same story devices, I can draw it back. And um, the you know the song when they meet the Munchkins in that movie. Right. Um, you can. Think back to that movie. You can imagine the faces of a bunch of different munchkins. Like, there's, like, the mayor one. There's the, the lollipop ones. The lollipop the, guild, the lullaby leaves. Uh, yeah, 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 the yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I don't 
I'm having trouble remembering any of the faces of the munchkins. Oh, like, I see. I couldn't just be like, oh, remember that one munchkin? No, because it's always dark and we're always a hundred yards away from the every single character. Mm. Yeah. And also, secondly, I do remember one line that stuck out to me. Ain't no more is thanks to you. It's a was. Yeah, that's they make not... so many casual murder jokes in this. <laughs> it's scene so blasé. That, that it's kind, that's that, not. That as a kid, you just you're just like ha ha ha. ha. Huh? Like, well, as a kid, you don't notice it at all. And then and as, then as a right, teenager, you're just we like are. ha ha ha. Oh, like, like this is G rated. Like the again G rated. Um, they just go like splat, flat, and, and stuck, stuck like, like that. that. And then it's like yeah, she's dead. And then all the munchkins laugh. Yeah! Like, 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 this chick with like, the ugly, ugly, ugly. <laughs> she's <so> dead. <laughs> they're all just laughing about murder. Ugh. Yeah. So then, of course, we have the first moment instance of Diana Ross um, sing crying, yeah. as we'll call it, of as soon as I get home and home. Um, so in here, this is our first instance of it. What did you... Think of this. Uh, this is where I think, in this version, Quincy kind of stripped the song down. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of extra music needed. Yeah. It was really just Diana well, singing. I think that's, and that's what makes the ending one more um, more impactful. Okay, that it wasn't... Because this one is very bare bones. It's like, there are points where it's, there's no one even playing, and it's just Diana Ross. It's just her singing, yeah. That's true. The first part of the song it's is that. It's just ambience and her singing. Uh-huh. So I think... That was a good choice. Yeah, so it's really, it's really scaled back so that everything else has such big impact to when she gets used to the land, you know. Yes. Uh, So as much as this one is shot, um, actually, now that I think about it, this one I think is shot the most creatively. This really, I think it's in the way it's shot, it's so creative. I think back to this one shot where it's her surrounded by this like pillar of garbage in this broken down building uh-huh and there's it looks like almost like the billy jean michael jackson video where it's her like curled up singing and her shadow is next to her yeah so like singing it like, and like everything seems so big around her and there's yeah. like a separation between the two hers and it's 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 really creatively shot i like it really i like it this now that i'm talking about it i realize that this is probably like Maybe second or third favorite in musical numbers. Okay. Nice. Nice, nice. I like that, man. That's really cool. I didn't I wouldn't even thought about that. Yeah. Um, and then of course there is the intro to the scarecrow of You Can't Win. Now, this show, song is not in the show. Fun fact, but it has ever since then in high school productions it's added. There are some high school shows where they have both I Was Born on the Day Before Yesterday and You Can't Win, actually. They have both. And um, and I think if I was to direct a musical, I would have both "You Can't Win" and "I Can't." I was born the day before yesterday, mm. personally, because I feel like you can do you can have because like what you I've noticed is the Tin Man has two songs in "Slice of Oil to Me" and "What I Would Do If I Could Feel." The Lion, "I'm a Mule Lion and Be a Lion." Scarecrow only has one song. Ha- having seen, but that's to be completely story. honest, having seen both, I think that this one is the more essential one. What um, uh, of you um, can't win? You can't win. Okay. Like I don't know. I I don't. I I have seen that I was born the day before yesterday, and I I don't think it's like. I think that they accomplish the same thing that that song accomplishes in an expo dump. Okay. Like, they they like get that exposition across. Yeah, because there are there's a line in the song like I think I know I'm gonna make it this time, and then Michael said I think I'm gonna make it this time. Yeah, exactly. So again, it's like yeah. But you can accomplish the same thing. Also. Um, How do you feel about the way this was shot? 
And because this, this is the big Clyde scene. This is where um, the crows. I used to think those crows were so cool. Maybe because when I was little, they had the same color scheme as the Wiggles. Blue, red, yellow, and, and pink slash purple. Mm -hmm. And so I was drawn because of that. But then also just, you know, it's so, it's so, it's the epitome of funk. It's very Michael Jackson in its sound. Um, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think it's shot well. It's, it's, I don't think it's really like standout or anything. Okay. It's, it's shot well. It's, um, it's Michael Jackson going to work, really. Uh, that's really all it is, it's, man. It's like a show-off song, really. It's like, um, look, look what we can do. Look what Michael can do. Yeah. Like, um, it is, it's kind of a let, as much as a letdown as it is, as much of a letdown as it is, there we go. that Michael Jackson, um, who was like known for dancing, just kind of bounces around on a pole. It's still really fun to watch. Oh, a lot of yeah. fun. I mean, that just tells you how talented Michael Jackson is. Like, I was, he kept me invested with him just sitting there on a pole yeah. and singing. Um, <laughs> uh, and then there is, of course, the first Ease On Down the Road, which is your favorite yeah. moment. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, it's shot far away, and yet with the, just the, the chemistry between Dorothy and the Scarecrow, the energy of their performance the the music it just all comes together in an amazing way wouldn't you say I, it's just so good it's such a like because i think as the movie was going we were, I, I, when i first watched it, it was so good but then i was real i really got into it once that moment happened you yeah, know exactly. i think as a little kid just seeing michael jackson diana ross singing that song and, and dancing down the yellow brick road is just it's like a it's a it's an iconic yeah. moment it's, it's this is my favorite I think I've already said it a couple times, but it's my favorite. I agree. It's, we don't move. The camera doesn't move. They, it does they get, like, not they move. They get to be it so far away still. from the camera, and their backs are to us. Then do yet, a whole other shot. Once, like, yet, they don't break the shot until the end of the song. The way that they, they're dancing is so animated, you just feel like you're right there with them. Like, so. like, Dorothy, like Dorothy gets on, Skirt goes back, and I'm like, oh my god. I can feel that. I see that. Um... So then, then we have what would I do if I could feel? And actually, this is mis—I don't want to say misplaced, but they, the director made a choice. Sydney Lament made a choice to put this here in the show. It's actually sung in the wizard's chambers. Fun fact. I think it should have stayed there. What in the wizards? Or yeah. Really? It's kind of. I don't really. It, it seems kind of weird because then we you jump right to um. Slide some oil to me. And it seems so out of place, you know. Uh huh. I, I don't know. I, I maybe a lot of people, other people like that. But I, knowing where it should be now, I think it should have stayed where it was. Cause the same way the lion got his song later on. Later on, from his like primary scene, I think that the the um, Tin Man definitely could have gotten that treatment. Okay, and I think maybe why they didn't is because they had this, like you said, like in the wizard scene, there was like this really scary horror vibe to it yeah. of seeing the head that maybe breaking that with putting another song there is why they chose not to mm -hmm. you think that might have something to do with it uh maybe I, i'm not really sure um I, I don't know it's still it's still good to watch it's uh -huh. still it still looks cool Second, now that now that i just know where it could have been in the story i think it might have been better placed there you if you were shooting it you would have put it there yeah and second another thing before we go forward where are those three ladies 
Because you see they them in a couple they inserts. They, they, they never explain. Are those another three wives? I don't know. They, they, and they, where they were they in the shot? We say, saw them they again. They don't say anything about them. They don't introduce them. They don't say who they are, what they are, how they can speak. They just, in the middle of the song, these three wooden ladies just go, what would I do? Just start singing back up. It's so weird. So random. It, but it, it's funny still. Oh, it's fun. It's, I think it's, it's less impactful and emotional than it is. Funny. I mean, same way in like Sides of Me, they had the like when he starts doing the tap dancing up there. Yeah. The mouths start just like, mm-hmm. oh, like like you see you see them in the background. They're like, wait, what? Yeah. What? And you just it's just one of those set pieces where they don't really want to give too much attention to it. How did you? Just, how do you think Slides of Oil to Me was done? I like. It. I think it was a good use of reaction shots from Dorothy and the Scarecrow because it really yeah. invested. Because again. My, it just shouts to Diana Ross and Michael Jackson's acting in this yeah. that their res- reactions to the Tin Man made me invested as a kid. Like, oh my God, that's so cool. He this could, this you is know? probably up there at three or four. You think three or four? Three, okay. Probably three. All right. Probably three. Um, so then, of course, we then have um, the second ease on down the road um, where, oh, and we also get introduced, we, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the Kalita scene, but we see that, that subway peddler guy yeah. spying on them, but then, of course, you have sec- the second ease on down the road. How do you feel like the second one is done? Do you, th- I mean, there's kind of no way to mess like, it up, like it's, but like, it's there. I don't think it really takes anything away, I don't think it adds anything, it's, it's the second ease on down the road scene. Like, you can't mess up ease on down the yeah. road, and they, they, they don't, they, they do, never they do. They don't, but they also don't really... Besides the first one, they don't really build on it. It's it's just kind of there. I don't, I, think, kinda, I don't think it's too ter- I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's like amazing. I feel bad for the Tin Man's because the Tin Man's Ethan down the road is the shortest one yeah. because the tin, the line gets like this. But big he also got again. two songs. That's right. true. That's true. He did. Yes, he did. You're right. You're right. That's fair. Um. So then, of course, we have I'm a mean old lion. Um. D- so. Shot really. You don't like it? Like, it's a cool song, but, like, the way they shoot it is just so awkward. Is it the most... I think... Because the line's the most theatrical character out of of all of them. Yeah, he's he's so dramatic, and he breaks out of his, like, big old statue. Does he feel out of place compared to... Yeah. And he's just, like, doing this big monologue and all these animated dance moves, and they're all just frozen. Just, like... And they all have so many chances to get up, and they're just, like, frozen on the ground going, Oh, no! For like three minutes instead of getting up and running. Mm-hmm. I feel like, and also the costs. I don't know. I don't want to nitpick too much because these costumes are amazing. Because like, but you look at the scarecrow's costume and the Tin Man's costume and the make. It's not even his makeup, but the lion's outfit. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't hit. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's but not like, that it's bad. It's just not. It doesn't live up to the standards of the rest. Of just it. compared to the yeah. costumes, like if it was in a theater. I, his costume would feel, very, but his whole thing, Ted Ross's whole performance would fit in a theater, theatrical production of it. Yeah. You know, but anyhow, oh, and this is actually just a little fun fact. But did you know that um, James Monroe Iglehart, the guy who played the genie, if he played, he played the, the lion. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. He uh-huh. seems made for that role. And another, just another shout out, shout out to Nipsey Russell who played the Tin Man in this. He was sixty years old when he did this. Sixty years old. That that's fantastic. That was a nimble sixty year old. He came with it, um, but yeah. So then the nimble, last nimble Nipsey. Nimble Nipsey. I'll see my way out. That's good. No, no. Uh, so we didn't. Okay, okay, bye. Uh, 
Oh, get out. Okay. Um, but yeah, so then you have the third easel down the road where it, like, it starts slow. We're like, oh, we know it's coming. We know it's coming. And actually, I did, and the first time we were a little, I didn't know that was coming. I thought it was going to be a different song, you know? I don't know. I, I guess I'm a dumb kid. But then you hear Michael jump up like, Vroom! like I'm like, oh, oh, they're doing it again. Yay. More easel down the road. How was that? Like, um... You know, again, I know it's easy on down the road, but this was kind of really like the last easy on down the road that we would get. So, how did you feel about the last one? Um, I think it does better than uh, if I had to rank the three, rank them three. If yes. I had to rank the three, three, it's one, three, two. One, three, two. I think it, it's as much as predictable as it is after you see the the transition. I mean, after uh-huh. you see it, um, I think that it it still hits pretty good. Okay, so, like, I see. Yeah. I I like that. I get that, man. Um, but yeah. So then, of course, there's no sound song on the soundtrack to the subway scene. But we've already talked about the subway scene. It's freaky. It was, um, I mean, not so much anymore. Not it's anymore, like, but... It feels like a Saturday morning cartoon now. Well, but, yeah, yeah, but, but the back time, then... At the time, I was like... Dude. Seeing those things grow like that? Oh, my God. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And then... I think we called them Jumping Jacks at the time. Yeah. But um, um, they, then there's Be a Lion... The North <laughs> there way of singing. <laughs> oh, he tried to commit suicide, and we're gonna sing him down. Lord, this is this is like one of those scenes where you're just like, why is this movie G rated? Um, did you? But yeah, I think it's 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 really well sung. Like every all of them sung what really great, yeah, and the react exactly. and the acting does save it. Like mm-hmm. Ted Ted Ross and Diana Ross's um way of doing the scene is just fantastic. Diana Ross has chemistry with everyone. Everybody! It's so weird. It's crazy. It's like one of those, ugh. So good. And just like the last bit where everyone's like, I'm a lion, I'm a lion, I'm a lion. I'm like, I kind of my help, I'm like, y'all aren't lions. Stop it. This is his moment. That's racist. (laughs) Lion, cultural Lion appropriation. appropriation. Hey, black lions matter. Yes. Okay? You heard it here first. Folks. You heard it here folks, Making first. Making up fake racial relations and issues <laughs> since... Not cool. 2020. 2020. Yeah. Black Lions Matter. It's it's a thing now. Um, don't look it up. Don't look it up. Look but it up. Um, wait a couple of days. There'll be a Wikipedia article all about it. Yeah. Don't you worry. Um, but yeah, so then, of course, they have the amazing six minute and 43 second emerald city sequence where they go from being seen green being caught you need to be caught in red yeah then you have to be in the ultimate color of gold the ultimate yellow brick yeah stanley you have told me when we were watching that this was your favorite would you say your second favorite because you said the He's under the rose, but is it now your second favorite? Because yeah, they did what you said, favorite. that they had more close shots of everybody. The, my complaints that I had about the, um, the Munchkin scene, the Munchkin scene, they're all fixed in this one. Which like, makes you wonder, why didn't they do that? All I know is this one is, what I was demanding from the other scenes, this one brought to the table. It was so this was, so well. this, this movie straight up, actually, you made, you made a complaint about what we would like to see, and then they actually showed it to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ultimately, that wasn't, the, I don't think that was their intention. To, and not at all your to, like, intention. Meet my like, expectations later on in the movie, but like it. Well, worked. but it worked. It, that ha- it was one of them happy things that happened to you. Um. So then, of course, 
Um, and actually, in the soundtrack, I don't have it on my playlist right now, but actually, I probably have it further down. But there is, they had the wizard scene as a, as a song in here, interestingly. that There's no song in it, but they do. And then there's another song that's cut from the movie that is on the soundtrack called Is This What Feeling Gets? That is sung only by Diana yeah. after discovering that she has to go kill the witch. Okay. And it's like, it's basically her saying, like, the, like the course, is this what feeling gets? Like, she's come this far and she can't... And I think the idea is that it takes place before the scarecrow came in and like come in her room. Yeah. So it's this idea of her, you know, she's come all this way and the wizard won't get her what she wants. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's Diana singing, you know. I don't know why they cut it, but it's really good. It's a great song. Yeah, it's a good, I'm sure it's a good song, but the movie feels... I, I, think, I think... The movie's would, long as it, it is. It would have felt... It, as long as this movie is, it would have felt even like th- they have such a tight pacing to this movie. You think the pa- you like the pacing of it? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think it needed this song. I got you. I got you. So then, of course, they have "Don't Nobody Bring Me No Bad News." Yeah. This I think is one of the most smooth transitions from the musical to the movie. Quincy yeah. nailed it with this, and just so good. What do you think? How about how it was shot? About our first moment with the Wicked Witch. Um, what do you think? It's dope. It, it kind of... um, the, I have no complaints about the music in this sequence. It's so good. Like, I, you just you hear like the first couple notes of the song and you know what's happening. Bow, 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 bow. It's... Yeah. Ugh, you know. You so, know some, of, some of the shooting, like the visual complaints that I had from Munchkinland are back in this one. Uh-huh. Like, it doesn't punch in as much as I would like it to. But, um, yeah. I don't care. Okay. There it is again. I don't care. The music is so good. All right. And then we have this, the longest song on this soundtrack. At 7 minutes and 48 seconds, A Brand New Day. And it's long because there are... I like to say that there's A Brand New Day Part 1. Which it should have and ended a bra- at. <laughs> yes. Which it should have ended at. Yes. And a brand new day part two. And a brand new day part two makes us again ask, this was G-rated. Why? 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 Even as a little kid, I was like, um, what? What? Why? What? Huh? So the first, okay, talk about part one and then we're going to talk about part two. Part one. Part one, it's like almost a half revival of what I liked about the Emerald City scene where like they punch in even more. It's cool. Yeah. At the same time, you get to see the grand scale of things. It's shot well. The sound is good. It's a nice little triumphant theme for the whole thing. The scary. And then everything goes downhill. (laughs) The scary. No, but before we go into part two. Uh, Nitro's like, I know it's new, we'd be free somehow. Free at last. Which, considering it's a black cast. I think that's one of those things where it was not in the script. It was not. Not in the script. You know, it would be cool to say, free at last, because. Um, Emancipation Proclamation homage. No, 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 Nipsey you thought You get the sense that you were just like, this is gonna be funny. And I think it's, you know it's intentional because it, it was it was not in script because that's not in the album. Oh, okay. He doesn't say free at last. He only says that in the movie. Reason why to watch the movie. But also what's listening to the soundtrack too. But that tells you it was improvised. I think it's improvised. I, I'm like 90% sure it was improvised. But now I'm going to talk about part two. Um, it's weird. It's weird. Part two. It's, so it's weird. The Winkies, what you should know 
is that they are in these, what do we call them? Puppet suits? Um, pseudo costumes? I, I, I could have been my entire life thinking that that was just their actual skin. Um, like, I didn't need to see this happen. So what happens so is weird. they kind of, in a way, how do I put this? They shed their skin yeah. to reveal their just their black, naked their, their naked bodies. Half, half naked. Half stuff. naked bodies. It's weird. And commence in a ballet Bacchanalia version of the song. Yeah, it's weird. That's as, as, as clear as I can get with it. Um... In that, and, and and they, and then the song ends with the winged monkeys taking them, who are on motorcycles, by the way, um, back to the Emerald City, or really to the back of the wizard chamber. And secondly, one more thing before we get out of that, um, we need to talk about the um, my our biggest gripe, our only gripe, is the chase scene at the end where Dorothy and the scarecrow so and the lion were being so like, it's the loud. One, it's the one before they get and taken back to the witch's like place. castle yeah. when they went to get and, them and and they're all this like hiding in a dumpster. But every time someone new shows up, they're just like, "Hey, over here!" And they're we like, are hiding and then the secretly. <laughs> and then the lion's like, "You better get out the web, like boy." Like, Shut up. Zip it. And then you hear Total Whimper. Because he's like... And then Dorothy, a grown Ab woman, stands up and screams, Toto, Toto. And then my... And the serial's like, shh. And then they're like, it's okay. We're safe. Nobody, We're safe. <laughs> no one heard us the past six times. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, y'all. We're talking about the mu music, but we had to bring it up, and we didn't bring it up in the review. So, um, but lastly, after a brand new day, we had the moment where they roast the wizard, and then they have two versions of believe in yourself. Yeah. The first one by Dorothy, and actually in the musical, it's not sung by Dorothy; it's sung by the wizard. So again, the idea of you and saying then again the again by Glenda. Yes, it's still sung twice. Um. Because this, because the first part is time is directed towards Dor Scarecrow, Timon, and Lion, even in the show. Because it was like, the idea was for them, yeah. it was what was inside them. Because their problems were kind of like, okay, like, See, any dumb person. twice, it kind of makes you think, like, it, you get that it's the point. Like, it's basically the show telling Dorothy, shut Sh up and practice what you preach. Yeah. Yeah, but and at I the think same it's time it's still really irritating to hear twice. Yeah, okay, okay. But then again, Dorothy is irritating to watch at a certain point. This movie, so. Um, and yeah, would you say, do you, yeah, because again, it's like the wizard kind of sings it in the musical because he's kind of saying, like, yo, I mean, you gotta believe, it's all about the power of belief. I think it hits, it makes more sense that Dorothy sings it. I think it. it's cooler that Dorothy sings it in this one because, like I said, then Glinda shows up and she can be like, Yo, you're hey. telling these people to believe in themselves. So kind of do the same why don't thing. You? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then, like we said, and also I think it's kind of it's kind of like oh, the Wiz just kind of they had these big set pieces only to end in like a, a dark sound stage. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's it's them just trolling us. Yeah, that was a troll. I mean, it was effective because at a certain point it's just Diana. Who directed this again? Sydney Lumet. Sydney. Um, I don't know what else he's done, but I'll look it up later. Um, but yeah, 
So we get that believe in yourself moment where she kind of says to this, Yo, Scarecrow, look at everything you've ever done on this journey with us. Tin Man, you're so sweet. You, of course, have a heart. Lion, you're so brave. Um, did he ever get any... I mean, that's... I, I, he got braver. It's okay. Um, and then we have believe in yourself from Glinda um, where the babies are there. But... But then, but Lena Horn sings well enough to distract us from it, and we see the first of like Diana Ross beginning to happy cry again at the very end. The tears of sadness turn into tears, and fear turn into tears of joy. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that? I know aside aside from the babies, which obviously you didn't, you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah she owns this song. She owns it. She owns it. And there's like no other way to spin it. She owns it. That's so true. So true. Um, there's nothing special about the way they shoot it. They, she just owns it. And they strip down the way they shoot it even more in the next one. But the, the, these last couple songs... Are it's just, really just about... It's like singers just flexing and then the story coming to it, such a nice ending. Which is why I think it's good that they didn't do Y'all Got It in the show because it was a song yeah. from the music in the movie because it's from the song from the show. Because I think that ending... The last big dance on was A Brand New Day. Yeah. Which allowed it to then be about kind of take it, scale it back once yeah. more like in the beginning... To just the story, yeah. To kind of so it was. I it was love y'all got it though. Oh, y'all guys, amazing. So you start, so you so you open with a very toned down story. You kind of see where the character is at. You go into this big production middle, mm-hmm. and then you can close. You can close that with an examination of how far they've come. Yeah, exactly. Which I think was really clever, and I think that was intentional. So again, you then have the last song of home. You had the goodbyes. Again, I think they should have said, I wish, I'm, I'm going to miss you most of all because I think yeah, they had it. Earned fits it. more here. It fits more here. If they had switched that in exchange from Wizard of Oz to this, it would have been so much better. Like, more satisfying. It, it, it makes more sense. Um, but yeah, so you get... So then, the, basically the last... The way this is shot, there's not much to say except literally it's just a pitch black set. Yeah. Diana Ross standing in, in front, front of, of a camera. There's no camera movement. There's no anything. It's There's just, just like a, just maybe a, a few visual. animated photos yeah. of the characters that she has interacted with. But I, <coughs> and I mean, to this day, I don't really look at those that much. Oh yeah, they don't even take my focus. Yeah. They did it once, yeah, maybe once, yeah. one time, and then the re- because again, it's just Diana Ross as Dorothy, piercing into your soul yeah, it's and singing the lesson she has learned, mm-hmm. and that ultimately is the beauty of Dorothy. Mm-hmm. And and that if, if this tells me why the Wizard is not the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Because there is just something she in deserved, and I'm, home. I'm going to look it up after sleep, like, after this is done, but she deserved an Oscar for that those two or three minutes. Did they get nominated for anything? Should have. But I mean, ugh, it's just those last three minutes. Diana Ross... Who's been spewing um? I spewing is the right word, right? Spewing emotion. Yeah, she's been give, like pouring out emotion the whole movie, and then somehow she taps into more than taps ever. into the biggest well. Like it was like, if I haven't vanquished you all with my emotion thus far, here's three more minutes. And I gotta say, if you aren't at least touched in some way at the end of this, you're you have no heart. Like you're legit heartless. Or soul. Or you have undergone emotional training. I don't know what it is, but you have. So yeah, that's ultimately. And then the show. So and, and, and then if ends. You look, if you look at that scene and you're just like, hmm, that was cool. 
I don't understand you. And so then she looks down, she clicks her heels, and then oh. the snow. And she literally, it just ends, it ends, and I'm so surprised. We don't see her face again. It just shows her walking back in. We don't see, we don't see what in. her life is like. We don't see her, like, interact with her family. And be like, you were there, you were there. And, like, see her, how her new family dynamic has changed. Because it's not about how the old home is the place she needs to be. It's about how home she is has changed. she is, and she has changed. So she, and, and the way she, like, because she kind of ran out of the house. Yeah. Just, like, nervously ran out of the house. This time, she... She confidently walked her way place. up into that house and shut the door. I'm talking about this. And the music, and the, and the music, like, the... And then it's, like, as the as it goes dark, as she closes the door, and you... It was amazing. I was like, it's wow. Such a, now that I'm talking about it, I realize how impactful of an ending that actually That is. hits so... That ending hits differently when you think about it. Mm-hmm. The idea of like... Like just the way... And, and it's and it's the not, it's the lack of acting that does it. Mm-hmm. She just confidently... She walks... It's not even a confident walk, y'all. It's a normal walk. You but the, the way she walks... You get the sense that it wasn't in like, the script and they were just like, yo, they're gonna walk. Just do it. And she just... Because Diana Ross is just such an amazing yeah, there, per, like confident was, person in general. Like, uh, shoot. Uh, we need a couple shots dude she's done union rules and they're just like diana you mind walking up the stairs to grab the crew some snacks and she just like d- did her diana like real and they were like walk, and they're just like yeah that's the confidence we that's need. the and that's the dorothy we need to see at the end and it just like let diana ross be get the crew snacks <laughs> <laughs> and since this was made in 1978 for example like, uh, like, the, like such a queen like Diana Ross would just like be like, oh, let me go help the peasant members. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that, y'all. In a nutshell, is the Wiz movie, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And Stanley, um, I always we I always enjoy nerding out with you about this. Um, and I oh, and I think this movie, like you said, is just so important to us. It was one of the big. And, and and I think it's talking about a movie like this in general is just so much fun. It's always fun having you on the episode on the yeah. podcast, man. Yeah, it's been it's fun. always fun. Black people, young black people, watch this. Absolutely. Show it to your kids. Watch it. It's gonna be because I know I'm gonna show it to my kids. Yeah. This is gonna be like I think this is like this is kind of a holiday movie yeah. when you think about it. This could be a holiday movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but yeah, for real, y'all. Thank you for joining. Um, I want to say shout out to this. YouTube channel again. He has one video up right now. It is on called Catfish, a short film called Catfish. Look up Stanley Turner or look Stanley Turner Catfish or just look up yeah, I look Stanley Turner Catfish if you want to get the video. Yeah. Um and subscribe if you like it. Um he will also be I think you're doing what is it? Stanley's planning to do some artistic interviews with some other yeah. creators. So I'll have some more stuff coming Give out. Give them that soon. Tell them that. I'll have um so right now, um the, the channel's a real startup right now, so there's not much coming out. But um, I have um, another film that's going into production right now. Um, it should be... It's probably one of my most ambitious projects yet. So I'm, I'm actually in that. it, so... Yeah. And I can... I can, ben- I can It's going to be a fantastic film, I can already tell. But Fingers keep crossed, going. yeah. It'll be, uh, it's going to be my like biggest attempted project yet. So hope that turns out, especially with the circumstances. Um, and then beyond that, we'll be doing some, like media interviews with other teenage artists really just artists in general because talking about art is just so important um but that's the sort of stuff that you can expect from there in the next couple of months um 
I hope to have some stuff out for that. Yeah, look me up. It's going to be very fantastic. I know I'm, I'm going to be one of those artists he interviews. Um, I basically kind of begged him, and then when that didn't work, I, I asked politely, that didn't work. I begged him, and that didn't work. And then I reminded him that I, 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 I could tie him up and keep him in here for every other episode forever and ever and ever. And we never be able to make movies interview. anymore. And then I had an interview, and and I and so I and that's so that's the lesson, guys. If you coerce someone threaten enough, threaten to kidnap, threaten to kidnap and coerce enough, and you'll get what you want, even if it's just a little interview. Thank so, you. So that's the lesson I want y'all take away today. But in all seriousness, please check out the Wiz wherever you can. Go on Amazon and look it up. Go on Hulu if you have Hulu. Go buy the DVD if you want to. Again, be safe. Um, listen to the soundtrack. You can find it on Spotify, YouTube. I believe there's a CD. We actually have the... My mom had the record. Um, we had the CD. CD. It's a two-disc. Um, we don't have it anymore, I, doubt, I don't think. Um, it's somewhere. It's somewhere. But again, check it out. You will not regret it, I don't think. Um, the One of the greatest filmmakers in, in our generation to come uh, believes it's a good movie. So definitely go check it out. Come on. You, you're going to love it. I can already guarantee you're going to love it. We just invented the next serial killer. Just so you know. How did we do that? You just said if you don't get what you want, kidnap people and threaten them. Okay, okay, you know what? It's not related to anything. I just take it with that. a take it with a grain of salt. In and twenty I, years, when like the next like Zodiac killer is running wild, people are gonna be able to look back to this episode and be like, Haha, "Thanks, Lincoln." <laughs> okay, first of all. Um, well, yeah, they will have me to thank because I'm the one who said it on the episode. They'll have my voice on the record. <laughs> um, but yeah, in all seriousness, guys, thank you so much for joining us. The next episode will be another special episode. Um, we might be talking about how the Grinch, the how the Grinch Stole Christmas Live, which is actually the next musical we'll be talking about. So that'll be fun. Keep your eyes peeled for that. Thank you so much for joining us again. I always love it when Stanley's on these things. And um, you know what? That's going to be it. Thank you so much, and I'll see you all next time. Bye-bye, guys.